Welcome, Nitty Gritty. We're back at it again. Two days in a row. Two days. Well, technically three. Oh, yeah. Business days. And another one tomorrow. Yeah. They don't know that, though. Yeah. It's next week for you. <laughs> but we had Jenna and Brett Madsen, TV stars. TV stars. From, from Chester. Chester, Utah. <laughs> oh, man. Sunder Creek Farms. This was kind of a... I guess I explained it in the opening of the episode, but... I started watching this show called American Farm on the History Channel. I saw it on Hulu. And one of the five farms that they feature in the U.S. is here locally. And I was just such a huge fan of the Madsons. And so I just shot a little DM through Instagram to see if they would be interested in coming on because we've never had anything in the farming no. realm on the show. And I mean, that's a tough business. And Well, our father-in-law comes from that world, right? right? So... But you're right. You kind of mentioned like there's not a lot of people that one want to do a TV show, let you know, or a podcast, right? They just want to get the job done and do their thing. So, you know, these guys are younger and newer generation farmers, and so it was. I thought it was really interesting. It was way fun to hear yeah. about what they're doing and how they try to kind of diversify out different types a lot of, of things. Irons in the fire. Yeah, that's a that would be a tough. It's a thousand acres. Yep, their farm. They've been, they've owned it for what, 40 years and they're always, sounds like they have to pivot quite a bit and they're trying new things. They're even growing some hemp right now. Yeah. I mean, that was a really cool story, but alfalfa, what was the, turkeys, tons of turkeys. The pumpkins, the patch. That was a great story. Like just the fact that she thought about that. You know, when you're a serious farmer, I'm sure thinking of like doing a pumpkin patch it's like the last thing on your mind. Like, wait, what? Well, just you want to add another thing to what we're doing. You <laughs> and know, invite people it's, over. It's not like they have free time. Oh my gosh! So, but it paid off. And everyone, go check it out. We're gonna try and go down there. Yeah. So I think we want to take Bam Bams down, sell food on one of the busy Saturdays at their uh, pumpkin patch. Come join us. Wouldn't that be so fun? Let's get a whole bunch of people down in Chester. It's only an hour. A little nitty-gritty reunion. Yeah. We'll uh we'll post about it, but yeah, I'm excited to go down there. And I told them I want to stay for a week and run a tractor. <laughs> and they actually said I could. So, I'll let you do that. If I fit in it, I'm going to do it. So, all right. So, check it out Jenna Madsen and Brett Madsen from Sunder Creek Farms. Hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome to the the nitty gritty. I'm excited about today. This 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 kind of came out of nowhere. This episode, so I started watching just a little background before I introduce you to. I I was watching uh, or I was on Hulu about a week ago, and looking for a new show to watch. And most people don't know that I have this like secret desire to live in the middle of nowhere and be a farmer. Just because I'm sick of people. You don't want to. You don't like people. No. Brand new information. I don't. Everyone knows. It. Well, <laughs> I like. I love people. I just don't like them all the time, or at least in big doses. Right. I'm sure by the time you guys are done in Utah County on Tuesdays, if, when you come up here, it's like, oh, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> anyway, um, so landed on the show called American Farm, and right up my alley so i hit play and i ended up watching all eight episodes in about two days but one of the five families or farms that were featured in the show because everyone was all over the all five of these farms were all over the country was in the metropolis 
of Chester, Utah. <laughs> and I was all excited about that. And after one episode, I was like, I got to get these guys on the podcast. So I reached out and we have Jenna and Brett Madsen from Sunder Creek Farm, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Thank so yeah, you. I shot a DM to Jenna. I saw that she was on. I finally found your social media this morning, Brett. Yeah, I'm not a big time, Jenna. <laughs> You're a little harder to find. Yeah, that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> and I just sent a DM and told her a little bit about the podcast, and they said they'd be in town on Tuesday. So here we are. We're going to talk farming. Basically, I just wanted free information so I could move into my next <laughs> chapter of life <laughs> and get out of this restaurant. Yeah. They're probably going, don't do it. <laughs> I just love to be in failing industries, I guess, or difficult industries, not failing, like restaurants, sure. same thing. Uh-huh. Well, farming's right up your alley, though. I was going to say, <laughs> I like watching the show. I'm excited to kind of talk about the show because I've done a little bit with TV, with barbecue, and I definitely know there's a lot that's real. There's a lot that gets a little bit kind of produce manufactured to create a story and a little bit of you know whatever but like singing songs to rams yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have to show you do they throw a few extra bucks your way to do that that's they a scary have. ram yeah i i should have made them do that before i agreed to do that that was pretty ridiculous it wasn't in the contract oh. but he did it <laughs> oh my gosh so how long has the farm been operating uh in chester my family moved down 40 years ago okay. they moved from lehigh Really? Mm-hmm. So what brought that on? It was, Lehigh was just getting too big. And, and this was 40 years ago? Yeah. Too big? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I like these people. <laughs> they sold way too soon. I was we'll going to say, say man. Just yeah, south they of missed, Thanksgiving point there. They missed the Thanksgiving point boom. For my 15 of the Jordan River. Whoa. That was your family's land, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It's like subdivision central now. And I've been a, my family's been poor farmers ever since before me, fifth generation <laughs> San Pete County guy. So really, yeah, How their family cool. moved down and moved the dairy down there in San Pete Valley. And her dad and her uncle and her grandpa, really good farmers. They've had a really good farm, really hard workers. They've milked cows ever since. I mean, going back to your grandpa's day, they've been dairy farmers going way back when, sixty plus years. And then her dad and her uncle took it over and had it down there for the last 40. So Wow. So they were farming here already in Lehigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then they, moved down there. They had a dairy farm, and then they moved the dairy farm down. And um, they have, like, when they moved there, there was still milk in the tanks and boots by the door. Like, they just, wow. the people just picked up and left one day. And so they moved in, and they you know, redid everything. And then they built a new milk barn. And now we have the old milk barn as a pumpkin barn right now. We just <laughs> redid it. So I'm super excited about that. Um, yeah. And then they sold the cows. We no longer milk cows or have any right. dairy cows. And we just do the turkeys and the hay and now pumpkins and a couple sheep. How about that? I liked your <laughs> idea. We'll, we'll get into the mini farm idea. But so how many kids are in your family? There's four girls. Four girls. Mm-hmm. And you guys have four boys. Mm-hmm. Wow. So our father-in-law is an egg farmer. So they've got three big egg oh. farms in Washington, Utah. So it's been kind of interesting to see what kids wanted to stay in the family. Because it's what, fourth generation? Third or fourth generation yeah. now? And so, and our father-in-law just retired, but 
there's not one child involved with the farm anymore. They really? had six kids. kids. Well, none of his, right. Yeah. There's other family members, but what made you want to stay in the farm life? Oh, I, that's a really great question. Well, thank and you. One I have pondered because. <laughs> a stupid I, husband. <laughs> somehow I tricked Brett into staying on the farm and I, I never really envisioned it when I was mm -hmm. little that I would be the one to stay. But I just, I got to a point where I realized I just love it there. And I just right. wanted to see it keep going to the next generation. And my dad always farmed with his brother and they, so we were kind of all together and then they split and now it's my dad and us. And it's just something I, I just want to see it still keep going and I want to keep the farm together. So, so you like it? I, I love mean, it. Love I it? really it looks like you do. I really love it. Have I you do. always loved it? No. Like I was that, there a time where it was like get me out of here and then I you kind used of came to back hide around? like in the house <laughs> with reading Harry Potter so that my dad wouldn't make me go out and move sprinklers and yeah, there was a time when that was not for me, but then I grew up and I realized, you know what? This is a pretty cool way of life and I do like it. That's Very awesome. cool. And that's and you were you grew up farming, Brett, right? My family had a big sheep operation back before I was born. Um, my grandpa sold out, but growing up, you know, we always had ten acres of farm ground. We had right. a few cows, and you know, we horse. We always had horses, and we're always active in agriculture and, and things like that. But growing up on a farm, my dad was actually a coal miner growing up, and we just kind of did a little bit of farming on the side, but nothing to the extent what Jenna grew up on. Right. And so growing up in a community, I had family members with turkey farms and farms. And so we were always involved working on the farms, you know, in the community and, and, uh, just something you grew to love. And when I was in high school, um, we started dating and her dad kept bugging me, come move sprinkler pipes for him and come work on the farm. Really? So, so I, I started working on the farm I think my dad wanted him close to keep an eye on him. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> When what That's 17 smart, 17 years old mm -hmm. anyways and you were dating at we were time. dating yeah. okay. he for and sure so, was trying to keep tabs on you yeah exactly <laughs> or exactly. hope there'd be a farming accident of some kind yeah <laughs> get rid of you <laughs> i think that's what i would do i think he was uh he knew he had three son-in-laws that wasn't going to come in on the farm so i think he was really looking for that son-in-law that would come be on the farm that's cool. Yeah, it's true. Four daughters. So, yeah, get one married in yeah. to help out. Yeah, so we, we worked on the farm in high school, and then while I was at Snow College playing football, we came up, worked on the farm in the summers, and I helped him out then. And then uh, we got married, went to the University of New Mexico, and played football for two years down there. And while we were down there, he approached us, and he said, hey, listen, I want you to come back on the farm, work full-time, and you know what living in albuquerque man i was like oh hell get me the hell <laughs> <laughs> really when we grew to get love me the back farm. to sam Pete <laughs> county in the war zone and it could go both ways right yeah i mean some people they get away and they don't really want to go back but i mean i you definitely chose the right direction yeah <laughs> well we loved our time in albuquerque and it was great a great experience for us it was but we, she was pregnant with our child and and after you know, getting out, seeing the country, and it's like, man, we want to raise our family in Sanpete County. So right. it, it wasn't a hard 
a hard thing to convince me to come back and have our family and raise it in, in Chester. So that's awesome. So how big's the farm? How many acres is it? Um, thousand acres. A thousand. Thousand yeah. acres. Mm-hmm. Holy moly! And then we. So her dad owns a thousand acres. Um, we have six acres where our house is and. And then she does the mini farm there, the pumpkin patch. Right. And then we own a turkey farm in Nephi. Oh, so that turkey farm is not on your property? No, it's not on our property. Uh, Her dad broods the turkey, so they're babies. Right. And he's got three brooder barns on the farm. And then we move them out to our farm in in Nephi. So I'm back and forth from Chester to Nephi. Okay. Farming and trying to make it work. Once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. How many birds do you guys have on the farm? So... I'll raise 60,000 heavy toms okay. at one oh. point. Um, right now, I'm, they're 42-pound heavy toms just going to market. Getting ready. And I, I contract with Norbest. That's who I use. That's so, all, we, we do turkey breast here. So, it's all hey, Norbest. A lot of, a lot of that turkey yeah. breast could come best. from my farm. So That's way cool. Yep. See, and I, lo- I love being able to – because that's the one meat I know for sure is Utah from start to finish. Yeah. High quality. Right. It's great it's a stuff. great product. But man, that's a crazy anything with meat. You're it's a crazy business, yeah. right? Volatile oh, market. I mean, I would say besides beef, that's the only other thing that I really have to watch as far as my pricing swinging out of just nowhere. Yeah. Or shortage, you know. There was wasn't that a few years ago there was a big just some disease going through a bunch of mm-hmm. Turkeys and yeah, we had a lot of lot of issues. Norbest had to get rid of a bunch of birds, didn't they? Because I couldn't get Norbest. I remember for like a month. Now, probably just a a a short supply. Okay. Um, Because I know that they had a lot of contracts in place and they didn't have enough turkeys. Right. I mean, we raised everything we could raise, but I know that they were short. You couldn't get meat down to the store for a while. Okay. Um, That's probably what happened. Um, We did have some issues with some some getting enough from the hatcheries the right. eggs that the or not the eggs but the the chicks that were hatched um but right now we we don't seem to have any problems it, it keeps flowing pretty well so it, the show said it was kind of a new thing the turkey i mean i imagine just trying to diversify the farm maybe a little bit i mean is that what kind of brought that on and how does that just so people kind of understand what I almost gathered was you guys provide the facilities and you raise the birds, but the birds are coming from somebody else. Is that so true or not? So Norbest owns the turkey, right? And we're a contract grower. Okay. So they own the turkey, they own the feed, they supply us with those. Our job is we take our facility, we have the best animal right, you know, animal practices. Um, we raise Don't you hate that you have to throw that in there? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask about that. You know, our yeah. father-in-law, we've seen so much regulation come yeah. down the pipe the and, last and 10 And there's years. so much misinformation out there so much. that people have a different perspective about what farmers do. Right. And they think, oh, you, you get these birds, you're throwing them so tight in these barns and you're 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 mistreating them and this and that but it's like man who we cares get, they're so stupid <laughs> come on like, but it's like no we give I these turkeys we give them fresh i mean i got heaters in there your I got, water system oh yeah watering system water sanitation water system we do. Mm-hmm. and when they it's really 100 do. degrees outside i've got these high pressure fogger systems and we'll throw that mist with those fans right and it's it's wonderful in there man and, and coolers and i'm doing some free range organic right now I open the doors 
to give those turkeys the option to go outside. Right. They don't want to go outside. They want to stay where it's comfortable, you know. And so we have these regulations we have to follow. Right. And we follow those guidelines so we can label our products for those things. Oh, that's crazy. You know, um, so we can sell these markets. Right. And, you know, we, we really do make sure that our animals are taken care of and they got a comfortable life, life, you know, while we have them. And the facilities look amazing. I mean, they're, they're beautiful, yeah. right? They're, so, they're pretty new. Aren't and when they? we get the babies, those, those barns are clean. They look like it. Yeah. They're bright. They're super. That looked like a stressful. And the show, you guys get a delivery of, mm-hmm. I think like it was 14,000 birds, chicks. And yeah. it was just, just watching you guys like place them and kind of move down the line. Yeah. And that's one barn. We'll typically get right. 50,000, you know, wow. in a day. That's crazy. So is that how most turkey farms work where you don't actually own the birds? You're just growing them? Is that how it usually works in that space? So it used to be we was Moroni Feed Company. Okay. We were a co-op and we owned Norbest and all the facilities. And so then we could do profit shares and get dividends as growers. But the market got so tough and we wasn't doing well financially. So we sold our share as a company and... um and so now we're we're a contract grower. So now there's another company that owns Norbest. They own the facility. So basically, we just signed a contract to grow the turkeys for them. Take and that just changed within the last since this show. This was the first year we was on a contract. And the, there was a lot of just we didn't. It was kind of up in the air. We right. just were really unsure of how it was going to go, and it was scary because there's just when you're farming, there's just so much. Uh, overhead and debt and you know and when it's all kind of tied together it just gets really nerve-wracking well it's not like you're getting paid all the time either right i mean it's just harvest i imagine like you know once you're selling birds off it's not like you necessarily know what's coming Mm -hmm. or you know when and what right because that that market fluctuates i'm sure well and typically three paychecks a year Right. With a heavy tom flock, you know, and and yeah, sometimes it's tough. To, Three checks a year, yeah, really to stretch that money sure. to operate your business for employees, insurance. I mean, my electrical bill, I'm paying six grand a month to keep the power on, right? You know, and and so there's a lot of overhead cost, and so it's it's stressful to make that penny stretch until that next flock where you can get another paycheck, and then you got your your loan payments and your taxes that you got to pay, and you know that. They're fixed costs that are there every year, no right. matter if you make money or not. And so, sure. and no matter if you're given birds or not. Wow. See, that's the other thing. There's one part <laughs> I showed these guys before. There's one part that got me like fired up. It was <laughs> when you and your father in law were talking to the dude with the contract. Yeah, Joe. Oh, yeah. And he just passed it. Like your, your father in law is trying to kind of explain why he's a little wary about it. And he just passes him a pen right in the middle of it, like, yep. okay, shut up, just sign it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that made me so mad. I was like, geez, just let the guy talk. Yeah. How, uh, how many years have you done turkeys then? So we sold the dairy cows. Well, I guess we were still milking cows when we bought the mm-hmm. turkey farm. So it was like 2010? 2009. 2009. When we bought right. the farm. Stop fighting, but, you guys. <laughs> 2010 was the first year of full production on that farm wow and then we sold the dairy cows was it 2012 12 mm-hmm. we sold the dairy cows and so that was kind of 
we was kind of in a in an ultimatum with the farm. So we had her uncle and her cousin, and then me and her dad that was on the farm full time. And there was kind of a they could see the writing on the wall. The, the dairy industry is so volatile, so right. tough. I mean, it's just it's up and down, and it's it's a it's a tough business. And we got this facility. We got a really nice milk barn, but then our corrals and everything's just it's old. Right. And so in order to stay in the business. Her dad everything. and her uncle looked at it like, okay, we got to throw a million dollars into this Yeesh. and make an in-find housing for our cows, or we got to get out. Right. And so- Or start growing almonds. And yeah. Yeah. In, in Sam, good luck. That's drinking now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some soy. Yeah. Yep. So, so that, and we were already into the turkey business, but we bought that farm and expanded and got big time in the business. Gotcha. And then eventually we phased out of the dairy that's kind of how we ended up where we ended up. So what does it look like, like life cycle of a turkey with you? I mean, you get them, like how long do you have them before you're selling them off? So, well, they'll hatch at the hatchery. Yeah. They'll sex them. They can determine the sex, I guess, right when they're, right when they're hatched. So they'll figure out what gender they are. Yep. And then they'll. going to say. Yep. That, they don't have a choice. Sounded like something. I was like, yeah. they'll sex them. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. They sex them. <laughs> they determine the sex and they don't have a choice. Industry talks right. a little different. Because the liberal <laughs> media is not there to tell them if they're male or female. So. Right. Uh, and then they'll, you know, if we're getting a tom flock, hen flock, they'll separate those, put them on the truck. They get to us within 24 hours of hatching. Wow. And they typically, they come from Iowa. Um Minnesota, why, where the big like, hatcheries are at. Why, why do they need to get them so fast to you? Um, they were hatched. They give them a little supplement to keep them hydrated and that, but then they got to get them quick because they, they haven't food had and food and water. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So they're, they're new. They, they, get us to, they get them to us. We throw them in the barns. You know, they got, we got feed and water ready for them, and they hit the ground, and they start growing like crazy. Wow. And they are cute. They thrive. They are pretty cute. I will say, when you guys were unloading those things, I was like, I'm surprised the kids aren't super distracted just playing with those little things. (laughs) They look like chickens. Yeah, you really can't Mm -hmm. tell a difference when they're chicks. Because we've seen the chickens up at the egg farm. Millions of them. Yeah. And when they're brand new like that, I didn't notice any difference in Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, so we'll get those chicks. They'll be in the brooders in the Chester farm, and her dad will run those for me, and we'll pay him to... To, to brood those and he'll raise them for five weeks and they'll be you know that little chicklet you can hold in your hand right, to right. you know they'll be two pounds pretty decent sized turkey you know in five weeks right you know wow and then we throw them in trailers we have these trailers with crates we put them in and then we'll back them in my barns and then we open them and dump them and then they just kind of fly out and go to the grow out facility and we'll keep them there till 20 21 weeks and right now I'm actually in the process of taking them to market, right. 44 pounds. So wow. Imagine they go from two pounds to 44 pounds in 20 weeks. In 20 weeks. Well, no. They go from six ounces or whatever they are, four ounces to 42 pounds in 20 weeks. Oh, yeah. Five weeks to 20 weeks. So 15 weeks is that yeah. spread. That's how long you have them. So I'll have farm. them on my farm for 15 weeks. Okay. And uh, wow. it's amazing that the genetics and the feed conversion. So on a flock of turkeys, I'll feed, you know, a lot of farmers, they'll, they'll look at it in feed conversion aspect. So I'll feed that turkey 2.5 pounds of feed throughout its lifetime. For every 2.5 pounds of feed it, it ate, it converted one pound of meat. 
Wow. So it's pretty efficient, very efficient. On how Crazy you, can- you know that. <laughs> like, how, like just have all that information. Like just seeing how I, I imagine with farming, it's like the technology aspect of it now is pretty amazing. Like the water system that you guys, I mean, you're adding, you know, probiotics and you can see exactly what they're drinking. It's all. Yep. I got a wa- Everything's on a water meter. So you know what the birds are consuming. Right. Um, I've got a, a computer that controls that barn. It'll tell the heat to come on. I can That's change crazy. the fans for ventilation. There's alarm systems. If feed or water runs out, it'll alarm me, call me on the phone. And so it, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing, but we don't really ever go on vacation because <laughs> the computer is yeah. on the phone yeah. and stuff we have to do, at like, you know, from thousands of miles away on wow. the computer. We'll be laying in bed at three in the morning, you know, and oh, number four, the feed line, and all these little switches turn feeding. Sometimes they get stuck. Right. So then I got to call my hired man. Hey, go to barn number four. You got to fix that feed thing, you know. And so he's up a lot of times, middle of the night, just right. running, making sure things are working. And it's, you never sleep. It's a, it's agriculture. And it's what you do when you raise animals. It's right. just part of the game. I mean, father-in-law, that's how it was. I mean. He Christmas did, morning, he was at he the. He could stop. Bird's going to lay an egg every 26 egg. hours. <laughs> Coming no matter what. Yep. So you guys met in high, so I want to kind of back up. So you guys met in high school, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what what's the dynamic like with the in-law thing, right? <laughs> like I think that's a it's a gutsy thing because I don't know that I could ever work. I, I I dig my father-in-law. He's cool, and it's funny he reminds me a lot of your dad. But I don't know that I could work with him. So. But it's not just in-laws. Like you're married to, you're the youngest, right, Jenna? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. So, has that always has that ever been stressful for you? Because you have your dad and yeah. you have your husband. Yes, always. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when they were interviewing us for the show, it was like they talked to me about that forever. So, what's it like being in the middle of your dad and your husband? And. Um, the short answer is it's it's, it's hard sometimes, <laughs> but me and my dad think so much alike. Like I I always understand where he's coming from and like what his thought process is, and I've been married to Brett long enough that I know the same with him. So right. I can I really can be a good middle place to be like, well, no, this is what I think actually he meant by that, you know. Oh, that's and so like- <laughs> stressful though to have to deal with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, because you know two type A personalities, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I'm sure that there's times where there's some disagreements, and I think that'd be kind of hard because you have your husband. It's like you can't choose your dad over me. I'm your husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's really hard Leave to kind of your husband. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I show her the scripture all the time. You don't know how many times you've heard that. I need to use that. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but her dad's great. I mean. No, it doesn't matter who you work with. I'm sure you two brother-in-laws have disagreements on this podcast, and sometimes you're cussing each other. Never. <laughs> Liar. Just kidding. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in the end, I mean, me and her, her dad's super easygoing, really awesome. just a good guy. I mean, he very understanding. He's really easy to get along with. Now, her mom, on the other hand, <laughs> we want to get in the mother-in-law train. Yeah, why she causes she all show? kinds okay, of problems. Okay, the problem <laughs> with my mom <laughs> but and I love Brett. Her. I love her. No, they are the same person. I'm not even kidding. 
she says we think like you know we're so we we clash i'm like why have i surrounded myself with the same personality (laughs) but i have we all have a tendency to do that i think right (laughs) i mean that's Oh, that's funny. So any good stories? Any any recent oh, new hell. stories? So we're, now we're running the pumpkin patch. And bless her heart, she helps us so much. She watches right. our kids. She's the best. Like, really, she we couldn't do it without her because she does so much, and she's a go-getter. But she is the boss, man. I'll tell you. She she comes out of the farm three days a year, and all those three days a year she's on the farm, you better do what she says. <laughs> oh. But, uh, oh, man. no, the pumpkin patch, she... She's pretty bossy, and sometimes I just have to roll my eyes and just. Sometimes he just has to leave. For yeah, a we gotta leave for a little <laughs> while, but and we that's get hard, along. right? Cause <laughs> we <it's> like, love her. <laughs> normally, you can just say, "Well, you just get the hell out of here," but you work together. Uh, we need You're her. You're married we to need her, her help. right? <laughs> and you all live in the same general, yeah. you know, yeah, through the in area, in right? Yeah, Less across than the field. a mile away. Right. So that's that's tough. So I mean, it's. It's That's a blessing that you guys get along because that would be, that'd be hard, especially where it's, you know, if I put your, I put myself in your dad's shoes, it's like, Hey, I've been running this thing yep. for however Worked many years, life for it, you know? right? Mm-hmm. And you have somebody come in, like you can get away with anything because you're the baby, right? Jenna? right like right. I think of my kids in that situation, but then you have the son-in-law come in, you know, division one athlete, you are not a pushover. Like you're, you're a type A personality, I'm sure. And so that's got to be pretty stubborn sometimes. That's got to be hard, right? <laughs> yes. No, it, it's for sure. And it used to be harder, like, because we would work all day together, vacation together, oh, go to church together. I couldn't together. go on a vacation <laughs> without him. <laughs> <laughs> Family parties I love together. It. Me and my brothers love to go hunting. Right. Okay. I'd go hunting. Man, I would get crucified. But I'd go on a vacation with their mom and dad, and it wasn't a problem. <laughs> Double standard. But it's gotten better over the years. It has gotten better. That is. It's one gotten thing better over the years. When say. we first started, the first few years, it was it was rough, man. It was it was rough. <laughs> That's hard. Like being married, it's hard enough. But working together, living near each other. I mean, you got a lot of that's dynamic in there, right? Yeah. And you got to work hard at that. But but I think we're to the point now where at first it was harder. But now we can communicate a lot better, right. and we can express our feelings a little more. And and uh, you know, and I'm not the one. I, I I can't be micromanaged. Drives me crazy. Right. And so I've kind of had to pull away and do my thing. He does his thing, and I'll come help him. You know, I'd run the turkey farm, and then I I'm, I've grew a few acres of hemp that I'm right. doing right now, and then we do the pumpkins. And Scott, he's always great to come in and help us when we need help. And then, you know, I'll try to go. I, I bail a lot of the hay. I'll haul a lot of the hay in the semi down to, the, you know, to the hay markets and things like that. And so we work well together. And we, I can't do it without him. And obviously, we, we use his land and right. a lot of these other things. And Does that ever get held over your head? They're like, pretty good at that. That's good. They're, that's, they're that'd great. That would be a hard thing, too. They really are good. Wow. There now, could be a lot of drama here. But if, but like, in the end, imagine it's a she needs to get her <laughs> together <laughs> and write her book that she's got planned. Oh my gosh, the book and make that this pumpkin that patch pay make off money. Because <laughs> in the end, she's gonna save the farm and save her dad, and so her dad can retire. That's so cool. Right, so <laughs> correct. <laughs> you know, I like there was. So let's talk about the pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. So in the show, it is it is. You know, there's 
you've got to make some extra money up. That's mm-hmm. so your idea was to do kind of a corn maze, pumpkin patch, just something to bring people to the farm and make a few extra bucks. So how'd yes. that come about? Um, Oh gosh. I just, we became friends with a lot of farmers. Actually, we joined farm bureau and we became okay. friends with a bunch of farmers. And I, the one part about the turkeys is when we get babies, it's a really big family time. Everybody can help. But at the grow out farm where Brett works most of the time, it's not family friendly. You know, it's super clean sanitation homes will eat a kid and uh, yeah like yeah if ever i even <laughs> if oh, i yeah. walk through there they're coming at me with their tail feathers up so it's just i just missed that part of the farm for my kids you know i got to go out and feed the cows with my dad and sit on the wheel lines and move the sprinklers with him and my kids were just i felt like they were getting shafted with the turkey farm and i was like we need to do something that makes us a real farm family, you know, not this just a big farm that the kids don't get to enjoy. So um, I decided pumpkins was gonna be the thing that we'd try. And I, cause I could kind of see where it could go. First, we'd just start with selling pumpkins and then it could be something where we could open up our farm. And so we did, I, we did the pumpkin thing. I, I grew them. I seldom, I, I mean, I seldom, I sold, <laughs> <laughs> I sold them just at, in a little stand off to the side of our house and people came and they bought pumpkins and I wow. was like, okay, see, people will buy it if you do it. Right. And, um, then well, back it up before that your dream was to open up the patch. Yes. Well, for, for sure. That was, come. that was, but you started with the pumpkins and, um, I wanted to do the corn maze the next year and nobody believed in it. And so, and I, I was going to ask you that. How, yeah. was, how was the idea received when you, not at all. You can't grow corn in Sampete, not in North Sampete anyways. And you can't, we don't have late water. So you're going to, your corn's going to get three feet tall and then stop. Um, it's scary to bring people on your farm. There's liability. You know, I heard all these things right. and, um, I was like, no, like we, we can do it. And so I went another year of just planting pumpkins. And um, then the show came up. And honestly, I've been asked so many times why we applied for the show. That was and, my first question. Because it's not right. like typical small town farmer that wants to go no. on a big show. <laughs> right. In the limelight. <laughs> yeah. Or like right. even like having cameras on your farm is uh-huh. just like a big thing you don't really want, you know? So it was, Especially I get asked that. Guys, huh? <laughs> They're yeah. the worst. <laughs> Some weird dudes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, So I think that really the reason was I could see that it was the only way I was going to get the pumpkin patch that I wanted. <laughs> so, okay. so, uh, we, we did the show. So and how, it, how'd you hear about the show? We got an email through Farm Bureau that they were looking for farms to cast for the show. And we weren't like we got the email and they they were replying to everybody so we could see like people's replies coming in and we weren't mentioned once. Like we weren't on everybody's top of their choice, but I was like, "You know what? I think our farm is pretty enough and di- like has diversity and different well, dynamics." Dynamic yeah, too. I was like, "I I think that we we could have a good chance of getting it. Right. What were they looking for? Did they give you like criteria that they wanted the farm or family to have? They told us that they were the same producers that had been doing um, Deadliest Catch oh, and Ice Road Truckers. Bering Sea Gold. 
I love those shows. Uh-huh. And they, so they were looking for um, the process and to show what farmers went through, kind of like how they show what the crab guys go through, yeah. trying to show what farmers went through. And was there anything else? I mean, that was kind of it. It was, they, there was like a, a page about it, but that was basically the gist of it. So when you applied, how mad was everybody else that you applied? Well, they, <laughs> I, I still, I did tell my dad, I was like, so I'm going to apply for this show. Like, are you, do I have your blessing? Because I think I already sent it. <laughs> and, <laughs> Always better to ask forgiveness than permission. <laughs> and uh, he was, my dad's super open-minded. So he was like, yeah, I mean, do it. See what they say. And then when they called us and they wanted to do the Skype interview, you know, then they were like, God, do you know what this means? If You know, then everybody was like a little more nervous, but. And then they called us back and they were like, hey, you're like top six. We're going to come out and meet you guys. And so then, and but the whole time everybody was like a little fearful, just that little bit of like, ugh, we're like opening up ourselves to be really vulnerable right now. But everybody was pretty um, positive about it, I would say. So how long was the, the filming, you know, over how long of a time were yeah, they there? They came in April. Okay. The beginning of April, and they didn't leave till the first week of November. Whoa. And were they with you all oh, day, see. every they day? They did take one month off. Yeah, they're in the summer. They took July they, off. They took okay. the month of July off. Um, but yeah, they was with us pretty much day and night. Um, the one cool thing, so Peter Bicknell, he was our, our producer that came, and he filmed a lot of Bering Sea Gold and a lot of Deadliest Catch. Okay. So he'd tell us a lot of cool stories, but cool guy. He, he was... Uh, a veteran. He served in, in Iraq back in early 2000s. So he had some cool stories, but really cool guy, became a really good friend of mine. So I really enjoyed hanging out with him all day. Like right. we had a lot of fun, you know, right. and they, they have some LA guys and, and they would love to come shoot guns and shoot rock chucks. And they loved it. They absolutely loved it. I think they're judging the rest of the year. <laughs> like <laughs> guns. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they loved it. We turned one of the producers into a stone he, cold he never, rock chuck killer. Yeah, he never shot a gun his whole life. And I have a 17 HMR. And oh I was like, gosh. here, dude, take take my gun. I gave him a box of bullets. I said, just go shoot all you want, you know, whenever. So I didn't see my gun all summer. <laughs> I think he killed 50 or 60 rock chucks that summer. And, and he was having a time of his life. He's like, you've turned me into a stone cold killer. <laughs> But no, that 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 aspect was fun, but uh, but when backing up a little bit, so they came out and this guy, his name's Tom Beers. He's the the producer. Right. He's the the mastermind of Deadly Cat. Yeah, he's the big. He's you see and, him uh, all over the place. Yeah, he come to our house and sat down and had dinner with us, and he always started hearing all these stories, and it's like, well, this this guy's kind of a big deal, you know. But anyway, it was a fun experience, and in the end, it it was fun to tell our story. Right. And and I feel like we have a responsibility because there's so much misinformation out there. People have this stigma about factory farm and factory farming and they're evil. And, you know, it's like 95% or nine, even maybe higher. I don't know the statistic, but I know it's a really high percentage of all the farms where the food is produced is family owned farms like ourselves, struggling families that work their butts off to make a living that you know make a high quality product table right well it's got to be such a moving target because i mean it is all about what the consumer is buying at the time 
You know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I imagine you guys grew some organic, it was alfalfa, right? Yeah. Didn't go nowhere. <laughs> right. Freaking waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, that's got to be interesting after, you know, like your dad doing it for as long as he has, mm-hmm. just to kind of see, kind of like the dairy cows, right? I mean, I know like milk consumption is way down, at least dairy milk consumption. Right. So what what do you think right now is, I mean, I know this is a really broad question, but what do most people don't understand about what farmers deal with, right? Or what what's the biggest hurdle that farmers have nowadays? Besides the obvious of COVID yeah. and all that crap. But. I'd say the debt load. So in order for, especially the generational transfer, right? that's probably one of the most difficult things in agriculture because, you know, like her dad, let's use him, him an example. So his dad farmed for all these years. Right. Well, you don't have money to just go buy the farm from your mom and dad. Sure. And how are they going to retire? A farmer doesn't have retirement. They have their assets. And so they can't just give the farm to their kids. So in her dad's um, scenario with his brothers, they did a buyout where they would pay mom and dad so much, basically they could survive until they die. And then they get the farm type deal, but they made payments and they basically bought the farm from their dad. And, you know, here we are where her dad, how old's your dad? 63. Mm -hmm. And here we are 34, 34 almost 35 years old it's like how are you know we've been working on the farm now for 15 years full time so it's how are we gonna have enough equity to buy this we just you can't you don't right and we're already up in debt up to our eyeballs and that that's probably the biggest challenge I mean, like a personal challenge for sure but like farming in general not only do you have all these farmers going through succession planning and just trying to get the farm to make it to the next generation. Uh, On top of that, you just have all the media attention to food that makes it even more difficult where people want to buy organic. So, okay, we'll, we'll try organic, but we only, I mean, in some organic spaces, you only get 40% of your crop that you would normally get if you could spray out the weeds. You just don't have the tools to... And so how do you even, you know, it's even harder to make a living and to make it work with only 40% of your crop. Does, you know what I'm, right. does that make sense? Oh, gov- totally. Government regulation, throw right. that on there. In the Obama administration, the Waters of the U.S. rule came out. <coughs> that, but what was it called? The, it was called WOTUS, well, okay. Waters of the U.S. It basically, then it passed and it was in the law under the Obama administration and Trump vetoed it or whatever. So it's not on the books anymore. But what tick, basically what it was is the federal government said, if there is a little stream or any waterway, it's now federal government property. And the federal government can come in and dictate what the most beneficial use of that water is. So your water right and your, your right to private property and your white and pri- water is part of that if you own that water that's your private property and the government basically dictated they're going to come in and tell you what you can do with that water and i know it was their their rule i mean the wording the way they worded it was what was really terrible because it was like basically if you could float a rubber ducky on it that was considered waters of the u.s and people were like 
I have swells in my field that you could float maybe even <laughs> right. a little boat on yeah. when it's really rainy. You know, so it just they took it That's way wild. way yeah. too far and it it got really scary there for yeah. a little while. Yeah, luckily that's not a thing anymore. Um, Trump, his administration, and some, I think Mike Lee and some other guys were some key players in making sure that went away. But, you know, nobody hears about that example, with Trump, do they? You know, that's an example. <laughs> right? That's right a good there. thing for farmers. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. For you sure. got all the help you can get, I'm sure. And so, especially with water. I mean, man, it's been a rough year water-wise around here, and I'm sure that affects you guys quite a bit. Yeah, we we, yeah. we rely there in our valley 100% on snowpack. Okay. Um, 2009, let's see what... It was the year of the so, show was when it Yeah, moved. the year of the show, we had a really poor winter. So right. The winter what year was the show? 2018. 18 is when it filmed, yeah, 18, right? 18. Yeah. Filmed oh, yeah, and then it aired. it aired in yeah. 2008. So that winter of 18, terrible winter. Right. You know, really drought year. Um, the winter of 19 was a great winter. We had a ton of water. Last year was a great year, and then this year is worse than 18. It's crazy so how dry it's been. It's just summer. been a dry, terrible like, year. We haven't had any rain, snow, nothing since I feel like February. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And since there, I mean, we got decent snow, but since there was no spring grain, right. as it was melting, the mountain just sucked it all in. Right. It just didn't come yeah, down to us. Off. And it was so windy. Variables. That wind just evaporated a lot of it off. So, so that's why I think that's what people probably don't realize with farming is, well, it's just like your birds. I mean, you just never know what curveball is the second you think that you've got it dialed in and humming along, a law changes yeah. or a market fluctuates. Or a crappy snow. Right. I mean, disease for the bird. There's just so many things. And so, and mm-hmm. you, you know. Like the bird thing would be kind of stressful too, just because if anything happened to those birds, you're you're spending the money to raise them, but yeah. they're not there at the end of it. Yep. Yeah, it was really paid, stressful right? when like the avian flu was kind of a scare a few years ago. Right. And I remember that. We would just see the birds fly over, you know, and what you can't put up nets to yeah. catch bird poop falling down. It was right. just like really stressful for a while. Yeah, and that was the year we had a big shortage, just not enough hatchery. Right. Not enough birds being hatched in hatcheries because of this avian influenza. Right. And that's probably when you had a shortage yeah. for bam Yeah, it was a shortage and prices went mm-hmm. crazy. Yep. Yeah. So what was the hardest part of filming the show? Like having everyone around or? Um, I think the hardest part, and I'm going to speak for you, Jenna, okay. is at night she would come in and say, oh, honey, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> did you say something? Oh or, my gosh, that is true. You know, and uh, a cow, the best is, so we're like, you know, when you work with cows, they can be mean or right. whatever. And the one cow took after her dad and he had a board in his hand and hit her over the head and, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyways, Jen was like, oh, and they actually aired that, you know. Right. No, I, his nephew, his sister's son said that whatever my dad said, the exact wording, he said it in the car to his little sister. And his mom was like, what did you just say? And he's like, well, Scott said it. <laughs> really bad moment to be caught on film. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's the other hard thing right now is just how PC everything is, right? Because you yeah. do have to worry about that. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you got a thousand pound animal charging at you and you're scared that you hit it with a board. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, if a human was charging you, wanting to beat you up, you hit it with a bat, 
Yeah. You know, it's not a big deal, but the whole animal thing is, uh, I don't get was, it. That right? was really yeah. the most stressful part. There's no common sense anymore, really. There's really not. But that, that was the stressful part is, did we represent agriculture in a positive right. way? I mean, we felt like we had a lot of responsibility on our shoulders, and we didn't want to put us as farmers in a bad light. Right. Oh, that's know? a lot of pressure. I didn't think about that. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's... It's funny. I've always thought because so many of these industries are getting so much attention with you know like deadliest catch. Just there's so many jobs that are really interesting to watch, mm-hmm. and I've always thought farming, just with all the all the curveballs, the laws, the equipment. There's just so much. I mean, there's farming simulator video games, right? You're right. My daughter My loves them. Play those. <laughs> <laughs> and so I mean, they're pretty realistic too. It's they're crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. And so it's, I'm surprised there hasn't been more, there haven't been more shows like American Farm because I thought it was a really interesting thing to watch. And so, but yeah, as far as representing farmers everywhere, that's, that's a, that's a heavy weight. That's a heavy weight Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. So what do you guys love about farming? I know there's, it's, it's. It's got to be a headache and stressful all the time. Like you never know when the alarms are going to go off. No vacation, but you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why? At the end of the day, when you, you know, you just took one and a half million pounds of turkey meat and that's going to go out to the world and feed. And it's like, man, we raised that flock. You know, we're, right. we're feeding the world. Um, in the end of the year, when we pick five acres of pumpkins and, you know, you, you've seen all the pumpkins we, we picked and all of a sudden they're gone. People bought them and they're sold and it's like, man, we made money. Like, it, it's a it's a sense of accomplishment. Sure. You know, and all that hard work, it, it really is a, it pays off at the end of the day. But, it, you know, with all those bad days throughout the year and all the hard work, come fall when all that comes to pass, it's, you know, it's a sense of accomplishment and it makes it all worth it in the end. Right. What about I, you, John? I personally love feeling it for me it's about it's a feeling. I feel the growth of everything around me. It's you know, being in nature day in and day out. I feel like that's really calming and peaceful. And especially this time of year, it just it gets to be evening time and you can feel like everything that you've done all year round, just like you said. But for me it's just more about being in touch with what you grew in the earth and kind of having that sense of nature and accomplishment, I guess as well. That's gotta be the coolest feeling just to plant hundreds of acres of just even alfalfa, right? (laughs) Have it grow, bale it up. I mean, although there's no worse job on earth than hauling hay. (laughs) That's why we, have you seen our hay hauler in the show? Oh, that thing was awesome. So that makes it easy. Way, (laughs) way easier. But we do still got a little bather. Right, and we don't have a bail wagon, oh. and so we still have to do that buck and hay. And I buck and hate buck and hay. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a worse job. There's nothing. And even, we we worse. even do straw. We'll do four or five hundred little bales of straw, right. and they're light. They're not heavy, but it's just so damn hot and it's, humid in August. And you gotta wear sleeves. Sucks. It gets in your shirt. Hate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I used to. I'm, have to l- haul I'm a lazy a farmer. I'm I'm the <laughs> new generation. <laughs> There's got to be a machine for that, right? It's got to be. We're just smarter. I just can't afford one. Yeah. <laughs> Are your boys farming with you? 
Yeah, and that's another great thing is working with our boys, you know, and getting them out there. I mean, our kids, every one of them, Knox is seven, Maddox is, or Trexon's 10, Maddox is 12. Every one of our boys have learned to drive a truck at five years old, and they're good at it. Right. You know, and we rely on them to drive the trucks and with the trailer and, you know, drive tractors and equipment here and there and. You know, I probably that, trust them more than I trust myself. Yeah, I mean, really, they learn responsibility, <laughs> and we we have they have responsibility, and right. you know they're it, well, they're learning how to work. Yeah, There's they're so learning many how kids to work. are not learning how they to work. They still try nowadays. to get out of it. Oh, oh and they, yeah. they're so good at getting kid. out of it. And they know how to. They don't love the work yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, yet. that's the thing. No kid's gonna love it, and you want to teach them how to negotiate, so that's a good thing too. Yeah. Learning all sorts of skills <laughs> down there. Yeah. There you go. You can look at it that way. Right. And you had boys. That's... Yeah. It's How old's your oldest? 12. 12. So he's not old enough yet to start thinking if he wants to farm yet then. I think if you asked every one of them today, they'd say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, is it pumpkins or... Because no. <laughs> <laughs> they like the pumpkins? No. They're they tired don't like of, They don't want to pick them. Knox they're... would be my farmer. That kid, he's seven <laughs> years old and he is a working fool. That kid can work. He'll outwork his older brothers any day. If we need something, cool. then we call the seven-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> That's no lie. Yeah. <laughs> Going to make yourself indispensable, right? Yeah. Our 10-year-old Trex, and he's pretty smart. Right. And he, he, he thinks about things. He gets to do all this stuff for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And he gets out of work really easily. Well, Mom, don't you need somebody to watch Rev? <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got his future planned out. He's going to do something big. Because he doesn't want to farm, he said. <laughs> That's so funny. It could totally change. But it can change it, right. definitely. Definitely. When he was five, he said he wanted to be, we had a friend who was a sheriff, and he wanted to be a sheriff because he just wanted to sit in his car all day. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about good. that. <laughs> so I feel like we veered away from the pumpkin patch a little bit. What? So once you got it rolling... Mm-hmm. I mean, was the idea there because you really wanted it or was it to subsidize or, or, you know, to just make some extra dough? One, I really, I really wanted to do it. I mean, I like, I like building something and building it from the ground up. Two, I wanted people to experience the farm because I get such a peaceful feeling there. I, I honestly wanted people to come out and feel it and I wanted to share it with them. And I also could see that the turkey farm is only going to get us so far as um, being able to buy the Chester farm. And so this was kind of another avenue that I could see growing into more than just a pumpkin patch one day and maybe be something that could help us um, transition the farm so that we could buy it one day. Super cool. How How did that feel when... That first day when you opened up, at least that's what they showed on the, mm-hmm. you know, on yeah, the show. Yeah, they were there for the grand opening. Like any bragging, like with the boy, you know, with the <laughs> hubby and the father-in-law. First, like They were both, him and my dad were like, okay, you were right. <laughs> like this was a good idea. Because yeah. I honestly think, and I was a little skeptical too, like, we could do all this and nobody would come. Like right. we're in Chester. There's only so many people around us. I was going to ask that. Is that most of your customers are local in San Pedro mm-hmm. County? Because yeah. you said you're only about an hour from here. Yeah. And we do have some. I mean, right. a lot of people like to come down. It's not as busy. It's not very crowded. So right. we do have a lot of people come down. But most of them are, you know, within a 30 mile radius 
Um, and they've been really good. They were really supportive. They We had a Very big cool. crowd on opening day. It was it was really awesome. Like, I will never forget that feeling because I just still, the whole summer, I was like, oh my gosh, like we we could do this show, this all this work, and nobody could show up. Like, what if that happens? But we just kept doing it and people showed up and they came awesome. and it was amazing. Well, and that's the thing, being a farmer is being an entrepreneur, right? I mean, because you're having to think, you know, what new crops, like, are, is there something different I can grow or expand? Like it's all, there's so much risk in it. And it's mm-hmm. just because the farm's been around 40 years, it's not like the risk factor drops because you just never really know what's coming. So to be able to think of an idea like that and pull it off, I, that had to feel pretty cool. It did. It really did. It I was think another thing fun. that was cool about it is like she said, I, I was worried people were going to come, but when they did come, and you seen those little kids, and, and you kind of we felt a sense of community, right? You know, and we had people from Mount Pleasant, Spring City, Fairview, Moroni, Fountain Green, Ephraim, Manti, people we grew up with, we knew our whole lives, and you're seeing all these people come, and it was a sense of community, and to see the joy on those little kids' face, and it was it was really a that's awesome, a, a good feeling of gratification for me. And, and I it's have like, to remind Jenna. him of that every year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody copying you yet? Any farms down there? Not close no. to us. You know, no. and, and living in a rural community like we do, right. it, it never made sense to me. Why do people have to drive to Utah County to go to a pumpkin patch? Right. To go to a farm base event you know, like that. But for you know, sure. Like, it makes no sense. And so... And it, the and you know and golly, Wasatch Front is growing. Utah's growing at such oh. a substantial rate that, I mean, it's so crowded when you come here and the people. It's it's just crazy, but people very grateful. Very thank you for doing this. Keep doing this, please. Every year, you know, give them something else. To so do. it's so been awesome. great for our little community, and like the Harwards here in Springville, Jakers. Yeah, uh, they're really good friends of ours. Great people, and. uh I don't think we're hurting their business at all. We're just we're just little, you know. We're right. not nothing like them guys. There's enough room for people. But there's plenty of room for that. And and there's been a lot of other friends. We've got another friend in Grantsville that did one this year, the Blacks, and they're doing an awesome one. Um, uh, the Larsons there in Spanish Fork are doing one. So like you said, there's so many people and there's plenty of room That's cool. for more growth in, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Any new ideas for the mini farm? Any new... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Attractions? Well, this year we have a combine slide, which I was super excited about. Yeah, the kids get to climb up in an actual combine, sit in the driver's seat. Really? Play with the stuff, and then we got a slide going out the back. That's cool. That's really cool. Zip line next, maybe? It definitely is. is. Did you tell him about that? I have and everything, and he just needs to put the poles in the ground. But we came here to do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It was on my list today. (laughs) See, that's where the 10-year-old gets it from right there. Yeah. Negotiating. But we got to do a podcast today. (laughs) Sorry, I can't do it. No, there's one on the way. I mean, we both, so I live in Highland, you live in American Fork, but there's that one right there on the Pleasant Grove Boulevard exit. The what? The corn maze, like the big. yeah. That place is hopping when oh, it's, it's open. Oh, that's crazy. How many hee-haws or something like he- that? Yeah, hee-haw farm, I think, that's what, I think it's called. what it's called. And, you know, they got ponies out there, but there, there were zip lines this year. That's why I brought it up because mm-hmm. there were like three zip lines, and they weren't even very far. But, man, there were like 20 people in line for each one of them. 
see. So I know. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Brett, I'm ground. on board. I just got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> along with the slingshot, along with the wild slide, <laughs> along with the tractor tire swings, tractor tire That's swing, all. the That's hay all. pyramid. That's we done. That. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I got a list a mile long, and we and it's like this every year. It's like, right. man, this is going to be great. We're going to do it, but we're so busy, we always run out of time. And yeah. then we, at, at some point, you just got to say it is what it is, and we just got to be okay with it because right. we just can't, you know. I got well, life. yeah. It's the time of year where I'm sure I'm sure you're trying to get a lot of things buttoned up for yeah. the winter. And I used to love October, right? <laughs> you know, I love football. I love the hunting season. Right. I hate October now. I just pumpkin patch every day. <laughs> I gave you Tuesdays and Wednesdays oh, off this year. I'm going so hunting funny. in the morning. <laughs> See, that's kind of nice. You can just hunt at home, I'm sure. Oh, I right? just hop in the side-by-side and head on the mountain. Oh, man. And just go hit it. You know, it's so funny. My mom lives up in Star Valley now, and you go up there during the elk hunt, and you, people are shooting elk off their back porches. Really? Oh my gosh! I was like, you can't get any lazier. Yeah. That. But these are all the old timer. Like they've been there forever because so many of you know so many elk come down into the valley during the winter time or during the fall, and yeah, they'll just be cutting across fields, and you'll just yeah. hear boom, boom, like yeah, because they're you know they they're not looking for trophies. They're I just looking had, for meat, right? Yeah. It's like hey, why work hard for it? I had two really big bucks in my backyard last year, and I oh, man, I'd come home off the mountain. Didn't see a thing all day, and I'd shine my spotlight right off my back porch. <laughs> and there was like a 28-inch four-point out there, and I'd watch him every night. And man, I go on the mountain all day, and he's in my backyard. That's hilarious. But I can't hunt. I got to hunt the other side say. of the highway. I'm, we live close to the highway, and I hunt the other side, and so I can't uh, hunt where my house is at. It's a smart buck. <laughs> so just push him. Yeah. Right. We'll scare him over the road. <laughs> Dang. So what's been like the biggest – I mean, has there been any change on the farm or what's gone on because of the show? Like, have you have you noticed anything? I mean, it, it definitely helped us move the su- succession planning along and sort of made us sit down and think where we really want our future to go, both us and my parents, yeah. and kind of evaluate r- really what we both want. So that was that was really nice. Yeah, it was good. So, and, oh, sorry, go, go for it. I was going to say, any new plans as far as I mean, outside of the pumpkin patch, growing anything new. Growing hemp. Oh, you know, you so mentioned that earlier, we, and I meant to ask about that. We we grew it last year, and last year we was a little late to the party. Right. And we got our plants started a little bit late. We ended up growing, and they did okay. But when we decided to grow, a liter of C- CBD oil was going for, of just crude oil, was going for like $2,800 a liter. Wow. And then when it came to harvest time, it was down to $700 a liter. And so these extractors, I was working with an extractor at the time. It was costing him, his his overhead costs were $700 to create one liter of oil to extract from the biomass. And so basically he went out of business. He called me and says, hey, I still got your stuff. Come get it. I got the oil he extracted and I got my stuff. Still have it. All the aches and pains are gone now. So we lost twenty grand just, last year that we didn't oh. have of our personal money that we scraped for, and and it was gone. And so it's like, well, well, I still got some oil and I still got some product there. But um, so going into this year, 
I was like, man, I learned way too much to just walk away. I can't just walk away. Sure. Had a company come in that wanted me to contract grow for them, and and I was still skeptical. I wanted to you know, be realistic about this, so we just kept it two acres. It's nothing big. Um, and so I grew for them. I built a little greenhouse in the backyard. We've never started plants in the greenhouse before. And uh, Gal had a 96% germination rate. They did really well. We put them in the ground and they're seven feet tall. Wow. You know, you walk in there and you can't see me. You know, they're tall and they're butted out real good. And we've been lucky as well because it's been a warm month. You know, usually right. we'll, we'll have a few frosts in September. I was going to say it has been warm. And so we've, it's been a good growing year for it. And we should harvest here next week. Um, and if I get paid what I signed a contract for, it, it, it will, it'll be profitable for us. But it's still the unknown. A lot of time you take a contract, it might as well be toilet paper. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Well, it's such an evolving so, industry. Like, I'm sure everything's changing so fast with, because that whole CBD thing is, any medicinal marijuana on the horizon for you guys? No. No? <laughs> I've heard a lot of, there's been a lot of that in the news. Like, isn't yeah. that, it's hard to get a license well, to grow it? It's like $100,000. Yeah, 150, really? 150 grand a year grand. to get a oh, license oh, wow. to grow it in the state of Utah. And so, and, and the security issues and all that. I, yeah, where the it, feds, It'd be a tough not, business. Right. I don't know if I'd want to get into that one. Dang. Yeah, and I think they're all running on cash because you, yeah, right. you can't get a you bank yeah, to. They have to. Yeah. yeah. Big money, guys. That's crazy. But I'm excited for the CBD, for the the, the hemp plant, you know, and there's right. the medicinal purposes are unreal. A lot of people I know, you know, there's a guy with epilepsy and some people with, you know, chronic arthritis and that, and they swear by this yeah, CBD, CBD oil. Amazing. And That's a The creams industry. and stuff. Do you know what my mom swears? When Brett's been working in the hemp all day, he's <laughs> much more willing to, be, to deal with her and talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just getting more patient my older years. <laughs> so what's the difference between just a hemp plant? And, you know, I think a lot of people think that's so the same if thing. If you were but... to look at a marijuana plant, and I wouldn't really know because I've not really seen marijuana plants, right. but... They're basically the same. If you were to look at them, marijuana plant, hemp plant, side by side, you don't tell the difference. Okay. Um, but genetically, they're able to genetically make it just so there's no THC in the in the hemp. Gotcha. And industrial hemp's been around United States oh, forever. Oh, for sure. And you go back, I, I just got studying history on it. Pre-World War II, I mean... Everyone was growing that stuff. Yeah. It was used yeah. for everything. Yeah. And Ford, um, what what... What, Henry Ford. Henry Ford. Right. Yeah, I was going to think of the Ford Motor Company guy. Right. Henry Ford built a car out of it. Wow. You know, with all the fabric and everything out of hemp. And hemp was this big time product. When then World War II come along and hemp was kind of the fiber, you know, that all the clothing and everything was made out of. And right. It was kind of a, the product got us through World War II. And then post-World War II, there was Rockefeller and a lot of these other big business guys that figured out fossil fuels and the oils and how to make plastics out of these oils. And so then they put their money there. And so hemp kind of got put on the back burner. And then the 60s movement came and there became a stigma around hemp and marijuana after the 60s. Right. And so we've got all these years and and it's, and then now we're kind of getting into that where people are getting over the stigma and they're realizing, man, this plant Oh, hemp does everything. Can help so many people, you know, and, and animals and people. There's so many uses for it. Right. So if it goes well, 
do you do more next year or do you like kind of keeping it where you're at? I, if it does well, I think I do five to 10 acres next year. Okay. Yeah. That's that entrepreneur, really right? Do. That's like, oh, for sure. Bit. Yeah. Taking that risk. Jumping well, in. and you're probably, I imagine you're replacing something else, right? I mean, are you? We're just, trying to diversify, really. I, I don't I know if it takes away from anything else. I think it just throws more on our plate. Oh, okay. Really? you're still going to grow alfalfa, I imagine. Yep. And it doesn't take, it, it, it won't take anything away from the alfalfa or the pumpkins. I mean, it'll just kind of be its own thing. Don't touch those pumpkins. Yeah. Mm. Don't touch them. Don't no, touch those them. aren't going anywhere. She <laughs> says, you remember, that's the only thing that makes you money. <laughs> <laughs> Hemp lost you money. She keeps reminding me of that. <laughs> She's right. That's hilarious. Well, this has been awesome. I don't... Uh, it's such a I we need to do a we want to do a at the farm episode with you guys. Yeah, come down. Hang out. <laughs> you know what we need down to do is let sure. me come down and I've got we'll some sell some barbecue one day at okay. the yes. at the deal. That'd oh, be really yeah. fun. Come do it seriously. I'll donate some profits to the farm. Oh, you don't need to do no, that. No, just I come. would love it. No people would love to come and eat bam bams. Come come and Let's just do it. I people would, will come to and help us out just to come eat bam bam. See, that'd be cool. Then we can get some other food trucks to and come then down there. While you're down, mm-hmm. I've got be, I've got get, a little bit of ammonia nitrate. Oh, that's and what I'm talking some about. Aluminum powder on hand. Yes. And uh get out there and shoot some things. Last year we I know in the in the I'm not going to be involved in <laughs> <laughs> Jenna's washing her hands right now. Yeah. She's done. In the I uh, support the food truck yeah. coming. <laughs> In the opening of the show, uh-huh. and I don't know, you, you see my gun and I shoot right. and it shows the explosion or whatever. So I had a little bit then, and I did a little test run. I didn't really know what I, you know how big of a boom it would be, <laughs> but that boom was big. <laughs> I had people in Moroni, Spring City. No way. Um, a guy in our yeah. ward came up to him at church, in church, and he was he came right up to him and said, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the shower. <laughs> he says, you shook my whole house. I thought my house was falling down. And he, 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 and he was he's in the bishopric, too. Yeah. Oh, but man. It, he did it, it. He's a jokester. He's funny. But it was pretty funny. That would be amazing. I'm in. That would be uh, such a good time. We'll go up a little further away. We'll go up to the gravel pit <laughs> where we got a little buffer zone. God, we did that at those, you know, those salt mines down in yeah, Redmond. Yeah. Um, Brichard. Um, what's his name? The Brichard guy. We went down there a couple years ago. We shot there too. Oh, you that place that? is, I that was, was there with the Nitro Circus Oh, you guys. was there with Nitro Circus. Yeah. Well, that was the explosions you showed me those yeah. videos of. <sighs> that was so So we was there fun. just after Ni- Nitro Circus. Oh, game. really? We, we went and toured that. That place, how cool is that place? Yeah, that's cool. cool. Man, that's amazing down there. But Sampy yeah. County. Uh, is that Sampy? Southern and. Oh, that's close. Redmond there. is southern and of Sampy County. Those salt mines are insane. I don't think people realize. No, in the middle of nowhere are. like that. Yeah. They go so. I mean, you just drive down it. Most pure salt mine, salt in the world. It, I mean, just I love. It's my favorite salt Great for sure. Mm-hmm. So, man, San Pete County. I think I know where I'm moving now. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get the forget line. Heber. Just, hey. You're going to San Pete. No, Heber's not hey. Heber anymore. It's Let's too, not tell Utah County about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They're it already down there, Everybody, I'll tell you, it's crazy. It's growing. Hey, and the way I, things never are going, thought it that'll be, be Utah County soon. We'll just reach its way down. So it's kind of the perfect spot because you are. You're only an hour from here. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So make a big it's Costco like fi- run or it's whatever. Like Fifty-two yeah. minutes from Ephraim to American Fork if you drive just the right way. Yeah. yeah. Really. Be driving a little bit fast for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got really good at it. And everybody going to, school there. going to Snow College, they know all about the Chester Challenge. <laughs> Holding, What's the Chester Challenge? Hold your breath from sign to sign. Really? Yep. And welcome to Chester. And when you leave Chester. Oh, that's hilarious. It's basically the speed limit changes. Right. That's how you know. <laughs> Well, so how can we find you guys? So how can, how, how can everybody find you social media-wise? Sunder Creek Farms okay. and is our farm account. And then mine is Jenna S. Madsen. Yours is a little fancier. What's yours? Oh, I don't do much with social media. This <laughs> <laughs> is Beefmaster07. 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 So, He's there. Yeah. And then we have a website, sundercreekfarms.com. Yeah, you guys have merchandise and you guys have shirts and sweatshirts mm-hmm. and hats. And it's is the, awesome. Is yeah. the pumpkin patch open? That was pumpkin patch is open Mondays, okay. Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Okay. Holy smokes. Come what are the hours? So Mondays and Thursdays, 4 to 8. Fridays, 2 to 8. Because I guess the kids are out of school on Fridays in a lot of places. Is that when you're in Nephi? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's when I'm at the turkey farm. Then Saturdays, noon to eight. Very cool. Well, and that's where it's only an hour south. And I mean, local, go check it out. Yeah, go. Yeah. Local and we have or turkey not. legs. I mean, yeah. Like and Disney maybe Bam Bam one yes. of these Saturdays, right? Yes. That would Heck be yes. awesome. That would be super cool. That would be great. All right. Well, you guys say the word. I'll, we'll, we'll exchange phone numbers and we'd love to come down. That'd be fun. I'll bring the kids. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, thanks love for coming, that. guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, mate. Thank you.